Yes, sir. Kyle and DJ on the mic. Gambling Feud. Partner with Coda Sports Gambling Network. Hitting bets. Hitting checks. Hitting checks. Hitting necks. I bet. Let's hit some bets. Locks on, locks on, locks on, locks. Locks on, locks on, locks on, locks. I don't need the keys when I get the locks. Hitting them wagers, like I'm a pacer, doing it major. LA Lakers, locks on, locks on, locks on, locks. Locks on, locks on, locks on, locks. I don't need the keys when I get the locks. Hitting them wagers, like I'm a pacer, doing it major. LA Lakers. Welcome, everyone, to the Gambling Feud podcast presented by the Coda Sports Gambling Network. We are on episode 36. As always, the Gambling Feud podcast is sponsored by Rogue Energy. Well, let's get this show rolling. My name is Kyle Comish. You can find me on Twitter at Comedog. And joining me, as always, for 36 episodes in a row, my cousin and co-host at DJ Low 4422, DJ Luch. DJ, how are we doing today? Life's good, man. Life is good. I'm hoping for the Braves to win tonight, and that is all that matters. If the Braves win, life will be good. Absolutely. And you'll uh, listen to the podcast. Listen to the podcast. We're kind of watching the game at the same time because we're all pretty heavy on the Braves tonight. But nonetheless, we're still rolling. Uh, DJ, it's November. The wild card month is has begun. We had our first wild card on today. You'll see him later on in the show. But it, this is exciting. Yeah, we're at a cool time in the year where everything that we've kind of built up uh, with this whole guest pick finally comes to summation. And we're going to get to see the best cappers that we've had on, and they're all going to compete for a prize of at least $200, which for a free entry, that that just seems like a great deal. Uh, and so I'm excited for the cappers. I wish I could participate. Like, I wish I could join. Uh, but we're hosting. We're hosts, you know. Sometimes hosts can't participate. So I, I'm excited. It's it's going to be electric. And, yeah, we got the first wild card. It basically starts tonight. I mean, yeah. Exactly. And it's something that's going to be a lot of fun. We're looking forward to it. We're going to advertise the heck out of it. Like I said, later on in the month, last Tuesday of the month, be sure to listen in. We're going to have the bracket reveal show. We'll have as many of the guys on as we can, but it's going to be fun. But uh, breaking news, DJ, with I know this doesn't affect the Dakotas, the, the unfortunately, but for you and I, this affects us a lot. But Barstool Sports, the Barstool Sportsbook just launched in Iowa today as we record. That is huge. Yeah, I I couldn't be more excited. I saw the tweet and I checked it out. I already got my own account. I haven't deposited any money, but I do have a $10 free bet. So we'll see what I do with that. Uh, but yeah, no, it's just, I think it's cool. And I, I you know, usually I hate on Iowa because a lot of our rules are really stupid, but this is a rule we got right. We got sports gambling legalized early and we just got it set up so that it's so convenient that as long as you're somewhere in Iowa, you can you can watch or you can bet. So it's awesome. I love it. I love it. What about you? What are your thoughts? I I'm, I'm so pumped for it. I've always wanted to get, I don't know if you see it or not, but they have advertised the overs club jackets. So like if they have like a certain game that if you bet the over, you bet like a certain amount of money. If it hits, you get like an overs club jacket. Like that's something that I've always wanted, but I've never been able to, to do it. But now that it's there, I'm watching out for it because I am betting that over because I want that jacket. Yes, sir. And then, yeah, wins. I mean, that, that's – and Barstool just has so many cool promotions. I think it's above everybody else But because it, it's so public. Like, 
FanDuel hasn't doesn't have someone promoting it, whereas Barstool has Big Cat and Portnoy and you know Rico or former Rico, whatever. They have all those guys that are constantly promoting the sports book as well. So it's just cooler that you get to see their offers and they're more relatable to instead of just oh we're offering this promo. It's like oh Big Cat's offering this promo. I I, I love it. It's awesome. Exactly, and that's and that's the cool thing about it is it's not just like they, like they give like the basic lines that every sports book does, but they do like promotions that like Barstool employees promote. Like like I said, like sometimes like if you do like a parlay that big cat's doing or a parlay that Rico's doing or Prez or any, anybody at the company, if they're doing that, that they give you an odds boost too. So, I mean, it's just way different than other sports books, but no, I'm pumped for it. I'm sorry. People in the Dakotas that uh, you don't have that hopefully down the road you do, but in I in, in Iowa, it, it rocks right now. Yeah. I mean, if you don't like it, move to Iowa. We'll, we'll welcome you with open arms. It's a great state. Yep exactly but, uh, okay well let's uh let's get the show rolling here so let's go on to um our takes so our takes basically is me and dj having a little conversation about a bunch of stuff that happened in sports so uh dj so on monday the tennessee titans announced that derrick henry now has to underdo undergo excuse me foot surgery following their overtime win against the colts the surgery will keep him out for a good remainder of the season probably all season but team officials did say there's a the possibility he could be available for the postseason and immediately after this the team signed uh adrian peterson to a deal so my question for you dj and there's actually two questions are the titans pretty much done this year following that injury even though they signed peterson and the second question i have for you is load management something that should be taken more seriously following this injury uh, so, yeah, first question, are the Titans done? I don't think they're done necessarily. I just don't – I think they can make the playoffs. I don't think that's out of the question. I just don't think they can compete in the playoffs for Super Bowl without, uh, you know, Derrick Henry. I just don't think it's possible. I think they need that piece. Uh, AD is 36 years old. He's past his prime. Uh, it's just – it is what it is. But, yeah, I, I don't I don't think – I don't think they're definitely out of the playoffs I still think they can make them. I just, I just don't think they have a chance of winning the Super Bowl without Derrick Henry. Uh, and then, should load management be taken more seriously? I don't know how much uh, injuries have to do with load management. I mean, sometimes I definitely think they are a factor, but sometimes you might only get five snaps and get injured. Like it's, it's kind of injuries are kind of fluky. Um, you know, obviously, the more carries you get, the more likely you are. But like. Derrick Henry's just gotten an asinine amount of carries for the last three years. And this is the first time he's gotten injured. And he, he played on the injured foot, honestly. Um, so I, I feel like load management's so tough uh, in the NFL that if you try and load management, you're just going to miss out on your dude's primes. Uh, and they still get injured anyway on the few snaps you let him. I just, I just think it's tough. I, I think you need a good mix. Like you need a good backup running back to mix in there to give your guy, you know, spell your guy a little bit, give him some breaks. Uh, but I, I don't really think you can load manage effectively. I just don't, I think NFL is just too fluky in my opinion, but yeah. Yeah. So um, obviously like being a Titans fan, I'm not trying to put bias into this by any stretch of the imagination. So just understand that when I make my take, Um, are the Titans done this done this year? They're going to win their division, but they're going to win their division because their division is so bad. Like with Jacksonville, Houston, Indianapolis, and if it comes down to it, if it comes down to like Indianapolis and Tennessee being close, Tennessee swept them. So they're good. So they're going to make the, the playoffs. I have no doubt about that. I don't think they're going to make it very, very far though, without Derek Henry, Derek Henry. Like 
Obviously, we got um, like Tannehill's been okay th- this year. Actually, he's been probably below average compared to like other years with the team. Uh, Julio and AJ Brown. Julio's got to stay healthy, just 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 flat flat out. Like Julio doesn't have the the load manager that Hen- Henry does, and he just hasn't been healthy. AJ Brown's been really solid all year. He's been hurt though quite a bit too. So I mean, we're th- they're throwing touchdowns to guys I haven't even heard of. So <laughs> I just don't think they have what it takes to be a Super Bowl contender, especially without. Derrick Henry. Now, do I think load management is an issue and do teams re- realize that? So Derrick Henry all year long has been averaging, I think he averages about 25 carries a game, which is quite a quite a bit. And towards like the end before his uh foot injury, he was getting 30 plus. That's just too much, in my opinion. You gotta have a couple guys who can come in and give him a breather and stuff like that. And we gotta mix up the plate play calling a little bit it henry's good like like henry is arguably the best running back in the nf in the nfl behind maybe mccaffrey but i mean they can load people in the box but he's still gonna get get those yards but you gotta give him a break because when you continue to wear and tear in your body that's when those injuries happen you become susceptible to it now is this an odd thing yes because he's had those load management all these years and this is the first time he's had this injury but this is just the beginning they got they gotta mix it up a little bit when he gets back in the swing of things because if he stays healthy and they keep him long time Tennessee's gonna be a force to be reckoned with for a long long time in my opinion but they gotta keep him healthy and they gotta mix up the play calling a little bit yeah no 100% agree with that uh yeah it's definitely tough to do, uh, but I, I think you're right, especially when you got a guy like that. You know, you got to be a little a little careful with him for sure. Uh, so in other NFL news, uh, Henry Ruggs was charged with a DUI resulting in death after one person was killed in a car crash involving Henry Ruggs and someone else. Uh, uh, it just happened the other day, so it's very uh, recent news. Uh, but should Henry Ruggs be allowed to play in the NFL again? And why can't a million-dollar athlete just call an Uber? It seems like a simple solution. Is it just too simple? I mean, I just I just don't know. But, yeah, thoughts, Kyle? Uh, should he play in the NFL again? I, I think a lifetime ban for this is maybe a little severe. The, 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 the actual crime itself is horrific. So, so some type of penalty – should be imposed, but a lifetime ban, I'm not quite sure about because I mean, he'll, he'll take time to uh, be away from the NFL. He'll take time to reflect on this and hopefully turn, turn himself around, which is why I think they've given second chances for a lot worse things in my, in my opinion. So do I think he should be banned forever? No, but I do think a punishment of some kind should be given to him. And why can't a million dollar athlete call an Uber to me might be a protection thing. Like they, they're, they're well known in the public. So they know they're more susceptible to people going after them, to people who maybe don't like them as an athlete to go after them. So an Uber, maybe not so much, but at least have a buddy there that, you know, isn't going to drink or have like a, I'm sure these big time guys have bodyguards and stuff like that. Just have someone there who's sober enough to drive you. Like drunk driving is inexcusable by any stretch of the imagination, but you should be, I, I think maybe an Uber for higher, higher paid, more well-known people might be a little more sketchy just for the fact that, like I said, 
they are more well-known and there are people that may not necessarily like them, but they should at least be smart enough to have someone there who can drive them. Yeah, no, 100% agree. Uh, I think, obviously, like, let the court systems handle this, whatever, you know, if he ends up having to go to jail or even, you know, whatever the court system decides, let that be his suspension. I mean, Michael Vick did his time and came back and played in the NFL, and I think that's completely fine. Like, he he, he went to jail. He went, he, did, he went to prison or whatever. Like, Michael Vick did his time. He, he's, like, he's served his suspension. He, he, he's, he should be allowed to play in the NFL again. Everyone makes mistakes. Um, and so I think it's a similar situation here with rugs. Like, yeah, if he, if, you know, whatever the court system decides, like that'll be his natural suspension. And once he's done his time, essentially, I, I believe he should be allowed to come back. Um, and then for the, why can't he call an Uber or something? I don't know, man. It doesn't make any sense to me. Like this dude has a, this dude's a million dollar athlete and he, his best option of getting home is driving intoxicated. Like, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. It's like, dude, you could hire your own personal Uber, like your own guy just designed to drive you around. That way you can go get shit faced and you don't have to worry about your, you know, the consequences. If you, if you hire someone who's a full-time driver, like a bodyguard, there's, there's so many better options for someone when they have that amount of money, which he does, uh, you know, guys like me and you, Kyle, we can just call an Uber or maybe we have a, you know, a buddy or a sober cab guy. Uh, but like, Guys like Henry Ruggs have even more options. Like, me and you can't afford to pay someone full-time to be our driver. He can. He can literally afford that. Um, so it just – it. but you will you see this stuff happen all the time. Uh, usually the DUIs don't result in someone, you know, passing away, someone, uh, you know, in that fatal of an accident. So it, it, it sucks to see it like that. Uh, you you know, if he, if he gets this uh, in a – just a DUI gets pulled over and stuff like that. No one, no one gets hurt. Maybe he learns from it, grows from it. Uh, but with this, like, I don't know. I feel like in this circumstance, it'd be really tough to sleep at night knowing, you know, what happened and just having that on your, your heart and on your body. It just, I don't know. I feel like this is like worst case scenario of a, like, this is literally the worst case scenario of a DUI, honestly, in my opinion. Um, so it just sucks. To, it just, yeah, all, it's all around just a bad scenario. Um, but we'll see what happens. We'll see what the investigations find out. We'll see, you know, what kind of court punishments he gets and all that. Uh, and I, I'm assuming we will see him back in the NFL someday. Yep. I'm, I'm thinking so too. And hopefully this is a lesson for a lot of people too, just to be safe when, when you're out there, have a good time. And if you get drunk, just don't drive. There, there's better, there's better options out there, honestly, than, you know, it's not even about like, at this point, it's not not about yourself anymore. Like, don't be selfish. Because, like, when you do something like get in an accident, you just messed up someone else's family completely. Uh, and they didn't even do anything wrong. Like, they didn't even do anything wrong. They were just at the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, so, and just because you decided to do something stupid. Like, it's just the whole thing's ridiculous. So, it is what it is. Uh, hopefully, you know, whatever happens, it all settles out. And... You know, everyone learns and grows from it, I guess. I just, you gotta, you gotta try and put some positive spin on it, but it's not, it's not easy to do. That's for sure. Yep. That's for dang sure. But, um, well, let's transition to me and DJ's favorite segment, which is the mic drop segment sponsored by Rogue Energy. Uh, DJ, we all need a little boost of energy during the work weekdays at work, but do you think there's anything out there that can do that without putting sugar in your body? I've never seen it and I won't believe it. 
Well, actually, believe it or not, there is. It is Rogue Energy. Rogue Energy is an alternative to the sugary energy drinks that can make you get a boost of energy and crash really quickly while also putting a lot of sugar in your body. Rogue Energy comes in four unique product lines to best suit your personal needs. Their low-calorie, no-sugar energy formula is the perfect alternative to canned energy drinks and sodas. Their extreme formula provides the most energy, focus, and sports performance possible. Their hydration line offers folks ingredients without the added caffeine. Drink it anytime you're thirsty. Finally, their shake formula is delicious zero-calorie energy milkshake. The thing that also makes Rogue Energy unique from other powdered drinks is that it dissolves really well, and you won't find any chalky textures in your drink. With over 10 different flavors to choose from, we at the Gambling Feud Podcast and the Coda Sports Gambling Network definitely recommend Rogue Energy. Go to their website at www.rogueenergy.com and use the promo code CODA, that is K-O-T-A, to receive 10% off your order. Again, www.rogueenergy.com and use the promo code CODA. So, DJ, Iowa Hawkeyes are just in shambles right now. They got absolutely embarrassed by Wisconsin. I mean, it was it was horrible. And to the people out there who think that the defense got exposed, you're dumb. I'm going to be flat out and be honest. <laughs> you are dumb. And here's and here's the reason why. If you were out there playing defense as much as that Iowa defense was, you would get tired too. Iowa offense that Iowa offense could not do anything against Wisconsin. I think they had like one first down, maybe in the first half. I mean, it was absolutely embarrassing how bad that was. And it, and it revolves around a lot of people. So I'm going to address pretty much every single one, one of them. The offensive line is horrible. Spencer Petrus has always, 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 always under, under pressure. He's always um, struggling to get any time to throw the ball. And the running backs are always getting tackled in the backfield. That offensive line outside of the center is just has just been terrible this year. Now let's go to the quarterback. Spencer Petrus is reaching levels of bad a bad QB to the level like we're talking like James Vandenberg stats. He might he might be worse than James Vandenberg. Here's the thing though, I can't say that we should start someone else because they put in Alex Padilla and Alex Padilla is worse. So that QB situation is ju- is just tough. R- running back, running back wise, Tyler Goodson has to be has to be better about letting the play the play progress, let the blocks get there. He's just so quick and always wanting to get to the gap so quickly when the guys aren't aren't there. You gotta wait. Ivory Kelly Martin, hang on to the damn ball. You fumble like crazy. The wide the wide receivers catch the damn ball. Like Peters doesn't throw the ball to you very well. I understand that, but you can still catch it. That's your job. That that offense is terrible. And the problem behind it all, in my opinion, is Brian Ferentz. Kirk, I know he's your son. I understand he's blood. He's gotta go. He has been the struggle for Iowa the entire time he's been the offensive court coordinator there's 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 better there's better offense coordinators out there i guarantee it there's better offensive coordinators out there who know how to develop plays who don't do the basic plays that maybe worked back in the chuck long days in the 80s but it just doesn't work anymore that that offense is in shambles the defense shout out norm parker that defense is solid unfortunately they they uh got it they didn't really get exposed but they had their worst game because they were on the field so much because the offense can do anything that offense needs to figure it out 
Yeah, Kyle. Uh, yeah, I don't know how much more I can add to that. I mean, that is just spot on. Uh, yeah, they're just bad. Brian Ferentz, that's why you don't hire family, because what do you do when they do a bad job? Like, is he supposed to fire him? Um, yeah, it's just – it's a bad situation in Iowa, but I, I do agree. I still think the defense is top 10, top 15 for sure. But the offense is, like I said all year, bottom 15, bottom 10. Like, they're just so bad. It, like, hurts to watch. Uh, yeah, I really, really don't have much to add to that. I mean, they're just – it's tough, man. It's tough to watch. Uh, yeah, it hurts, man. That's why we drink beer here in Iowa. That's right. In heaven, there is no beer, so that's what we're drinking here. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, on to my mic drop. Um so, as you guys know, Calvin Ridley did not play this week. As he said, he is stepping away from football uh, for mental health reasons. Uh, with the return of TBD, uh, you know, he's not sure. Uh, and it's very similar to a Simone Viles uh, mic drop that Kyle had a while back. Um, but there, you know, a lot of people are understanding of the situation. But then you just got those Nimrods out there, those, those Jack, you know, what's that – oh, I had him in my fantasy team and now I'm bad or I just traded for him in fantasy and this is fantasy and all, all of it is about irrelevant, like fantasy stuff. It's like, dude, you want him on the field, maybe scoring you 10 points and later like going and killing himself? Like, come on, man, grow up. Like this dude's got bigger issues than scoring points for your fantasy team. Like this dude's going through some shit right now. Like he needs time. He just needs to figure out what's going on and figure out life. We all need that stuff. We all need to figure out life. You know, it's not easy. It's just not all of us are in a job where every day you're, you know, being talked about on the internet and everybody's, you know, in an entire city, you know, love you and they don't even know you. Like there's just so much more to being that sports star that when you have to deal with these mental health issues, it just makes it that much harder because you don't want to go public with it because you're going to get the backlash. Um, and you also don't want to expose like a weakness. Like you don't want to seem like it's weak, which is not like mental health problems are not a weakness by any means. Uh, but as a society, we just kind of add those negative connotations to it. Uh, and so he comes out and says that, you know, he's dealing with mental health. Now people think he's weak. And I don't know, man, there's just a lot of things need to change in our country. And I think like our stance and our abilities to deal with mental health are should be at the forefront like i think if we can fix our mental health problems it doesn't even matter if republicans are in house or you know democrats it doesn't matter who's in control there if we can fix our mental health problems in this country or like get better at dealing with mental health and just accepting it i think this country would be 10 times it would, it would literally be the best thing for this country uh, but like right now it's just I, I feel like our generation kyle has been much more open about it and has been a lot better at dealing with it. Whereas in the older generations, it's looked at as more of a weakness. Whereas in our generation, it's looked at as more like commonality. Like, oh, we have something in common. Like we both struggle with mental health. Like, awesome. Now we're kind of on the same page there. Like, that's cool. We have a similarity. Um, so I think our generation is the generation to be able to fix that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just tough for Calvin Ridley to go through this and have everything be public. Like, if you or I were struggling with mental health issues, maybe our family would know, maybe our close friends. That's it. When Calvin Ridley goes through mental health issues, the entire world knows. Uh, so I, I feel for him. Um, I did have him in one of my fantasy leagues, and I didn't care. Like, that 
I, that he got me zero that week. I really didn't care. I was like, Hey man, do what you got to do. Like, I want you healthy. I want you alive, man. I want you to prosper. Like, so I'll take a zero in my, in my week, every week, if that means you're living, cause that's, that's all that matters. So yeah, I feel for him and I hope him the best. And I hope that, you know, he can figure stuff out and get, get in a place where he feels comfortable. Uh, and I, I hope to see him battle on the football field because I know that's where he belongs. Like he, he's a football player. He's great at the, he's great at the sport. Um, so yeah, I hope he can figure stuff out and get back to playing. Cause I think that that would be best for him. So, yeah. Nope. That was, that was, be- that was beautifully said DJ. I mean, uh, I, I had a mic job about it earlier with like Simone Biles and uh, Naomi Osaka and stuff like that. The people who make fun, make those jokes are the people that haven't suffered from mental health. Like mental health needs to be taken, taken more seriously. I mean, I struggle with it. I know a bunch of friends and family who suffer from it it's not easy and you making those jokes you don't get it and you don't realize how insensitive that is and how much that actually makes makes the situation worse and like like you said like we're not in a situation where if we're struggling with mental health we have to address it to many people we don't have to like our friends or our family might know it but we don't need the whole world knowing it like when you're that that high high profile and you have to step away, like you got to give a reason. Like you can't just walk away without people knowing. So I mean, just for him to be able to speak out like that just took so much courage. And for him taking the time, like seriously, good for him. I would rather him, like you said, get zero points in fantasy than have him struggle every single day. So I hope he gets the help he deserves, and I wish him the best. And I hope to see him back on the field again. Very well said. Yeah, Kyle, that's that's exactly what I was going to say, too, is the courage it took to come out and say that it, it couldn't have been easy. So 100 percent agree. And like I said, we we uh, we feel for him here. And like I said, we hope for the best. Uh, and I, I just I think in these times that when someone, a celebrity like that, someone who everyone knows or most people know uh, has something like this come up, I think it's, it's the easiest to address it. Like, Hey, look, Calvin Ridley suffers with it. Like, and he's got millions of dollars. Like, shouldn't his life be perfect, you know? And it's not about that. Like money doesn't really cure mental health. Um, and so I, I just think it's a great, great time to, you know, mention it. And I, I think we did a good job of covering it. Uh, so yeah, let, let's get on to the more betting aspect. Um, yeah, let, let's get to our guest picker. I know everyone is hyped for that. Uh, yeah, let's rock and roll. Let's do it. And on to the guest pick'em segment dash wild card. This is the wild card guest pick'em segment. As uh, all of the guests we will have on these next four weeks are people who have already been on, and they're getting a shot. They are people we believe did not perform up to their capabilities, and they're getting a shot to redeem themselves and potentially get in this top eight. Uh, it, it was a tough decision for me and Kyle. I mean, there's a lot of great people we had on that didn't make it, uh, but. Yeah, so they are fighting to get in this top eight. So the top four seeds, DG bets at plus 13.25 units. Uh, Number two, Dan Angle, plus 11.29 units. Uh, Pace Meyer, the CEO, plus 11.21 units. And Alex Long, plus 10.6 units. Those guys are all safe. They are in the contest for sure. Now, these next five, if all five are all four of the wild card, if they all do good, these guys will all be out. But it's tough. It's going to be tough to beat Soup at plus 8.1 units, uh, Von Fluchoke at plus 6.76 units, uh, Pumba at plus 5.6 units, 
And then the minimum to beat uh, Tyler DeVos, the founder of Muddy Bites, at plus 4.38 units. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you guys might remember uh, this guest from the last time. You might not. I don't know what you do and don't remember. Uh, there are just a lot of things that can inhibit memory, but we're not going to go down that road. Uh, but, yeah, Kyle, I want us to introduce the first wild card picker we have uh, for the contest. All right. Sounds good so yeah me and dj both got to choose two wild cards the first wild card i've chosen is a guy who i've known since probably elementary school and he's been he's been doing this longer than i have and he had a pretty solid show and he had one bet that lost five units if he didn't have that he'd be in the top eight for sure but uh struggled but otherwise you know what this guy's a legend of lamars if you've gone to lamars you will know this guy's name he was a part of the state runner-up basketball team and that is the man, the myth, and the legend, Mr. Tyler Paulson. How are we doing today, buddy? I'm doing good, guys. How are you? How are you doing? Well, Derrick Henry's out for the year, so not not too good. But you know what? We're we're just grinding each and every day. If yeah, the Braves true. win, I will be doing so well. Yep. Anybody yeah, but the Astros. That's <laughs> you guys. Exactly. Yes, sir. So uh I know you were on before, so we'll make this interview a little bit shorter, but just for the people who maybe didn't listen the first time, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yep. So like Kyle said, we went to high school together. Uh, I graduated Lamar's in 2015, went to Morningside after that and graduated in 2019. And I've been working up at American State Bank in Orange City for a couple of years now. So just uh, living the post-college life now. Yes, sir. Yep. And uh, just again, again, real quick, Wilker. Real quick recap, just talk to us a little bit. Like I said, you, you've been sports betting longer than I have even. You were doing that in college. I didn't start until a little bit after college. So just how did, how did it all start? What sports do you typically bet on? Stuff like that. For sure. So, yeah, like you said, it first started at Morningside. Me and a guy that – one of my roommates that we got into a little bit and didn't have the greatest run but got back into it towards the end of college and after college and been a little better then. So that's been nice. But – Obviously, football is just – that's got to be the best one to bet on, especially NFL season, primetime games, just being able to watch them. But I like the NBA when it gets when it gets to playoffs, and NHL playoffs are always electric. So, um, obviously, baseball playoffs are good. Like you said, Braves, they got a little, little money on the Braves tonight. So, hopefully, we'll see them lift the trophy later tonight. Yes, yes. All three of us here are hoping for that, most certainly. But – uh yeah, just a real quick recap for how uh, Mr. Paulson did the last time he was on. So we gave him five games last time. We had uh, Houston at Baylor. Uh, he took Baylor minus five, which won. And then he took the under of 135 and a half, which lost. And then we gave him the Mavericks and the Celtics. He took Mavericks minus one, which won. And then an over of 224 and a half, which lost. <clears throat> and then we had the Bucks and the Lakers, which was – uh, when LeBron and AD were out, I believe, and he took the Bucks first half minus four and a half, which won, and the Lakers team total under of 107, which also won. And the Cubs and the Pirates, he took the Cubs. This was opening day. He took Cubs team total over three and a half, which lost. And then the Royals and the Rangers, he took the under nine, which lost, and the Royals minus one and a half, which won, which made him finish five and four plus 2.3 units. But the biggest thing out of all that is that uh, Cubs team total. You put five units on. If that if that hits, you're you're in good shape. That yeah, that was literally the swing. After you read that, I totally remembered that. 
And because I remember that was the first game of the, was that not the first game of the MLB? It was. Yeah. And I'm, I was, I was duped into thinking that the Pirates were terrible and that the Cubs would steamroll the Pirates the first game. And I thought that would be the safest bet. And I'm pretty sure didn't the Pirates win like 8-1 or 9-1 or something. Just Kyle Hendricks got rocked. I'm pretty sure that game. Of course, that just goes to show the one like the one that I was most confident about in all those games that I put five units on doesn't even come close. Yep. But I, I, I tell you what, though, you you've been on hot streaks and I think you can you can uh, get in it. I know I don't know if Tyler DeVos listens to the show very much, but him and I, me and Mr. Paulson both went to high school. He was on the basketball team with both of us. So I know he has a, a little bit of motivation to get him not out of this elite eight contest. Definitely. Oh, always, always good to talk to Devo and see Devo, but just got to give a shout out to Will. I think if he listens, he'll know what that means. The good old trip to Iowa city and seeing our good friend, Will him and him and Devo look a lot alike. So I know Devo will remember that if he listens. Oh yeah, that's too good. And I tell you what though, speaking of Devo, if you haven't been on the, the muddy bites train, I mean, that, that train is just go going, man. I mean, they're selling, they're selling more than like big big time companies out there so i mean shout out to him if you haven't bought muddy bites buy they're best part of the champ cone truthfully oh yeah oh yeah definitely gotta plug the muddy bites i'm avid buyer i think at one point i was buying like what does it come one box is five bags or something yeah i was buying like three boxes i was getting like 15 bags of muddy bites those things are fucking addicting nope you can do you can you can cuss here <laughs> totally forgot after the last time was gonna ask that before but totally forgot but yes oh absolutely you're, delicious you're you're golden yeah absolutely but uh no i'm really excited to get him get uh tyler back on the podcast i think he has what it takes to be in the late eight contest which is why i had him for my wild card so uh dj got anything are we gonna get this train rolling here i was rolling laughing there but obviously i had myself on mute like i do for an interview but that that was just funny uh the only question is is does ryan stole also work at the uh Orange City branch, or is he, he working at Sioux Center one? He actually works in the at La, in Lamar's at the oh, American. Why do I think he worked at Sioux City one? I don't know. I got confused. Too many banks. They all sound the same. Exactly. You add state in front of one, and it's just a completely different institution. But whatever. Um, yeah. Never mind then. All everything I had to say was based on that. So just yeah. Let's pick some games. Let's go. Let's go. go. Let's do it. So as always, uh, he knows the rundown. He's been here before, but Tyler gets five units per game to to play with he can put three in the money line two in the spread he can do three one and one he can do parlays he can do team totals he can do first half totals he can do anything he wants with those five units the only rule he has is he has five units per game uh to get the train started here let's go into a little nba action we got a really good game uh tonight at nine o'clock on espn between the hornets and the warriors Line right now, Golden State minus six and an over-under of 225 and a half. Uh, DJ, what do we got for, like, trends for this game? First off, just a quick note, Travis Scott, I don't know if he threw out the first pitch, but he said play ball. I'm officially not a fan of my Atlanta bet. I didn't know T. Scott was going to be at the game. I didn't know what was going down. I'm not confident at all. Uh, this yeah. is going to be dropped tomorrow, so it's irrelevant. Like, it's going to be dropped on Wednesday, so you're already going to know the results of the game, but it's just get live updates from us. <laughs> yeah, you're going to know right. where we were at in this pod based on the game. Uh, but nonetheless, yes. Oh, what? 
my bad. Not not to interrupt, but Max Fried just got absolutely smushed. First really, I leg stepped on, and of course we're all riding Braves, and not a, not ideal. Your pitcher gets stomped on first and second, no outs in the first. Not good. Yeah, but no. Carry on. Yeah, yeah. Good. nope. You're good. Nope. We're, we, we're gonna we're gonna persevere. We're gonna yeah. Okay, well, yeah. NBA. The Charlotte Hornets. They're five and three straight up this season, and five and three against the spread. Uh, six and two at hitting the over, uh, and then straight up this season on the road, they're three and one, three and one against the spread, and two and two at hitting the over. Uh, the Golden State Warriors are five and one straight up, three and three against the spread, and a surprising one and five at hitting the over. That that surprises me. Uh, and then on the at home, two and one straight up, one and two against the spread, and zero oh and three at hitting the over at home. Um, as far as playing each other trends, there isn't much. These teams don't match up a ton, uh, but games over the last three seasons uh, played, Charlotte is three and one against the spread. So there's that. And the under is three, uh, three and one. So that's all I got for trends. Kyle, are there a bunch of players you're watching in this game? You, you know, this is bad to say, but sometimes like when I bet on games, I'll bet on players and not so much teams like, Wait, if I could have bet back in the day when LeBron was on that Cavs team, I would be betting for LeBron. I wouldn't be betting for that Cavs team. But it's the same with LaMelo Ball. Like, LaMelo Ball, like, like if I bet on the Hornets, I'm not betting on that team. I'm betting on LaMelo Ball. I mean, the dude has just had an amazing first half of the year so far. He's averaging 18.7 points per game, six rebounds, 6.1 assists. I mean, I think the only current player that I do that with is Luke on the Mavs. Like those, those two, I'll bet on them and not the teams, in my opinion. And then as far as the, the Warriors go, I mean, Steph Curry's killing it so far. And in my opinion, this might be a hot take. This might not be a hot take. I don't think there's a better shooter in NBA history than Steph Curry. I mean, the dude is just a straight shoot, straight shooter, a sniper, as some people on the network would say. Um, but yeah, so far this season, averaging 28.7 points per game, seven and a half rebounds and 6.5 assists. Um, I'll get started. So, you know, like I said, if I bet on the Hornets, I bet on LaMelo Ball. I just think this Warriors team is is way, way better than this Hornets team. I really like Warriors minus six. Okay, interesting. Kyle, you made a lot of good points. Uh, Steph Curry, hands down, best shooter of all time. Uh, I don't really think it's debatable, but I, I people debate on anything anymore, I swear. Uh, secondly, this Hornets team has to be one of the funnest like irrelevant teams. Like I know they have no chance of ever winning the finals, at least right now, but I don't give a fuck. They're so fun to watch. Like they're just dunking and the, their commentators are so hilarious. Like, Whoa! they just like spaz out on a dunk and they just have a lot of young, cool guys. Uh, I really wanted to hate the balls. I just did. But Lonzo earned my respect by teaching himself how to shoot the three. Like Lonzo's actually kind of good um, now that he can shoot the three. And Lamelo just came in the league, and I was just like, "Wow, this dude is actually like really good." I, I, I don't, yeah. So all in all, I think I got to ride the trend. I got to ride the under here. Uh, you know, Warriors hit the unders. This series generally goes under. Uh, it's early in the season. Uh, I think you know it's slower pace, so maybe a little bit. Maybe guys aren't as you know fresh shooting wise. So I'm riding the under here, which I hate because if you're telling me Lamelo Ball and the Warriors are playing, I want to bet the over so I can have fun. And I can root for threes. That was a big, that was a big out. That was a big out. He fucking gets his legs smushed and he gets three outs. Let's go. Uh, but anyway, yeah, uh, I want to personally bet the over, but I think that's why I'm terrible at betting the NBA. So therefore I'm going with the under, but yeah, 
All right, Paul, what do you got? All right. You guys both made very, very good points, and I went back and forth in my head. But I like what you said, DJ, there with Warriors going under and – Gosh, just feels like you said the Hornets go over though. So now it's like which one? Something's got to give. Yep. You could almost can you use the same logic in football as you can in basketball, like flying cross country? It's in Golden. It's at Golden State, right? Yes. Yes. Yep. yep. So like, can you can you use that same logic of Memphis? That's a long flight. I feel like all the way, going all the way late night game. Yeah. yeah I'm- I'm going to use partially some of that logic, and I'm going to go Warriors minus six for three units. And then I think I'm going to have to ride with DJ, and I'm going to have to put my other two units on the under. I like that. Everybody sees that game and thinks high scoring, fun basketball, LaMelo, Steph, which is exactly why it goes under. Yep. Yeah, and I think, like, because the Hornets are going to be playing at their time, it's going to be, like, midnight by the time they play at, like, 9 o'clock or whatever. Like, yeah. it is going to be so much later, realistically speaking. So, that, I, I do think that that cross the country definitely does uh, – because it's, like, based on your prime time. Like, whatever 5 o'clock is, that's when you're at, at your athletic peak or something like that. Or There's some science behind it. But they're going to be way past their athletic peak going all the way across the country. I mean, literally all the way across. Like, Yeah. And even if it, even if it's not like just that, that away game and they're on like a road trip, even more reason, like they're making stops up and down the West coast or something like that. And it's like, that takes a toll on the body after a while, even if you're going for one game or just on a, on a long road trip. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Everyone wants to sleep in their own bed, man. Like hotels, you can go hotels, but after a while, it's, that stuff wears on you. You get you, you get tired. You're just like, I just want to go home, man. I just want to sit in my – be in my house, be in my apartment, whatever it is. But, yeah, keep it going, Kyle. We got some fun games on next. Yeah, so we got a college football game. The only college football game of uh, the top 25 – only top 25 matchup this week. We got number 12, Auburn, at number 13, Texas A&M, Saturday – at 2.30 on CBS line right now, Texas A&M minus four and a half and an over under of 50. Uh, DJ, what do we got for trends on this game? Yeah, so Auburn straight up this season, six and two, five and three against the spread and four and four at hitting the over. On the road, they're two and one straight up, two and one against the spread and one and two at hitting the over. Texas A&M also six and two straight up, also five and three against the spread, uh, but three and five at hitting the over. Uh, four and one uh, straight up at home games, four and one against the spread and three and two at hitting the over in home games. Um, are there players that you're watching in this game, Kyle? Yeah, so I'm watching the, the QB battles in this game. Every every year, there's there's one player that I just I hate. No reason <laughs> for it. I just hate. And, and this year it's Bo Nix. I cannot, and I think other people in the Cultural Central show think the same thing. I cannot stand Bo Nix. But so far, so far this year, uh, 1,764 yards, nine TDs, and two INTs. And then for AM, uh, Zach Calzada, he's starting to embrace the role a little bit of being the starting QB at Texas AM. He struggled against teams that are in the top 25 and are more talented than Auburn, but now it's time to really prove himself. This year he has uh, 1,364 yards, 12 TDs, and 7 INTs. Um, This game is really, really hard to handicap because these two teams are really, really good, but I just think 
uh, Bonix is a fraud. I've, I don't like the dude. I think he's a fraud, and I think he's going to show his true colors here. I'm taking Texas A&M. I'm going to parlay it, DJ, three times. I'm taking Texas A&M money line, Texas A&M first half, Texas A&M full game. I like it. All in, baby. If you're going to bet one side, you might as well go all in. The thing that I noticed most when I saw this is a 49 over under for an SEC matchup. I was like, whoa, Georgia's not playing. Kentucky's not playing. Like, what? what is this? This is crazy low. You know, do some more research on it. Do a little – do a, they, uh, both Texas A&M and Auburn have had decent defenses uh, just on a points-per-game allowed uh, basis. But I think they're fake. I don't think they're real defenses. And in this series, of the last four times they've played at Texas A&M, three of the games have gone over. This might be one of the lowest over-unders we've seen uh, for this type of matchup. Uh, so I, I love the over here. I'm all in on the over. Uh, I don't know what Auburn is this year. I thought they would get slapped by Kentucky. Wasn't that last week? And they ended up destroying them. No, that was that might have been Mississippi. Yeah, yeah, that might have Mississippi State actually. So never mind. But still, I thought Auburn was fake, and they've proven me wrong multiple times. So I, I can't choose to bet against Auburn because they'll win, and I can't bet on Auburn because they'll lose. Uh, so I think the over is a safe play. 49 is so low. I mean, 28, 28. That's that's doable. That's easy. That's easy money. So yeah, I love this over. Ride it. All right, sounds good. All right, what do you got, Tyler? All right. I'm going to go first right away, DJ, because you said that. You're thinking easy over, right? I think that number's so low that they're almost daring us to take the under. I think I'm going to have to start out right away. I'm going to go two and a half. Yep, two and a half units on the under. What you say, 49.50? 49. Can I get the hook, 49 and a half? Yeah. We'll give it to you. Okay, I'll take the hook, please. All right, so <laughs> two and a half on that. And I agree with both of you guys. I cannot stand Knicks. I think that he's terrible. And I want to agree with you and go AM, but I think that this is the exact reason that once I go against Bo Knicks, he comes out and they beat Texas AM outright. So I'm gonna go with my other two and a half units on Auburn money line. Give me the dog. The hungry dog runs faster, I think. That's sound logic to be to be honest. Like that's the thing that you hate about Bo Nix is you want to hate him, but the second that you bet on him to do bad, he just lights it up. He's a Heisman contender all of a sudden. That's exactly exactly what I'm thinking. So do we what is do we know what Auburn money line is? It's four and a half, probably not. Uh, plus one seventy, plus two hundred ish is what okay. I'm seeing. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, double your money. So two and a half to win five, roughly. And yeah, roughly. His, historically speaking. Auburn is 3-0 against the spread uh, at its last three games at Texas A&M and 4-0 straight up in its last four games at Texas A&M. So, historically, Auburn's nope. money line. Nope, I hate it now. I'm switching my <laughs> That stat is not what I wanted to hear. I did not want to hear that they won the last four. I wanted to hear they lost the last four and they're due for a win. So now oh, I got to rethink this for a second. Read that <laughs> Read that one more time if you don't mind. Yeah, so Auburn is 3-0 against the spread versus Texas A&M in its last three games played at Texas A&M. And they are 4-0 straight up against Texas A&M in the last four games. So I, I would assume one of the games the spread pushed, which is why it's only 3-0 when the straight up is 4-0. Um, so, yeah. So now it's now it's like – does Bo Nix just straight up own AM? Or is I guess four? I would assume it was before he was, yeah. It would be before he is. But, but he's there. probably played him a couple, once or twice, right? 
So last year they played uh, Texas A&M one thirty-one to twenty, but it was at Auburn. Uh, and then two years ago would have been A&M. I get you now. I get yeah, you. would be at A&M. Another. Yep. Yeah, and they won Auburn one twenty-eight to twenty, which that hits that under every time, baby. Yep. Nope. I'm gonna ride it. The Bo Nix train. All right, there it is. Crash and burn one last time, or we're gonna be happy. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Well, let's uh. Let's get into Tyler's wheelhouse here a little bit. The last three games are NFL games. Let's start with a game at noon on Sunday on CBS between the Broncos and the Cowboys. Line right now, Cowboys minus nine and an over-under of 49 and a half. Uh, DJ, what do we got for trends for this game? Yeah, so the Broncos just recently got rid of Vaughn Miller. First off, don't understand that move at all. They only got two picks back, and they're paying almost all of his salary. But that's for another time and another place. Uh, Broncos four and four straight up this season, four and four against the spread and two and six at hitting the over two and two in road games, two and two against the spread in road games and one and three at hitting the over in road games. Uh, Dallas on the other side, who knows if Dak's going to play or not. That's uh, very questionable for both my fantasy team and for betting purposes. Uh, but Dallas is six and one straight up seven and zero against the spread. Wild stuff there. Uh, and five and two at hitting the over. Uh, in home games, Dallas is 3-0 straight up, 3-0 against the spread, and 3-0 at hitting the over. Uh, and then historically, obviously, these teams would not match up very much as they are, you know, not divisional opponents. So there's not real much, not much data there other than a billion questionable injuries. Uh, Kyle, who do we got as key players to watch? Yeah, so for the Broncos, uh, the guy I'm looking at is Jerry Judy. So last week, he just came off the IR. He really needs to make himself known to defenses to give Teddy another option to have him across from Cortland Sutton and uh, just having both him and Sutton could be dangerous down the road if they're kept in Denver long-term. So that'll be interesting to see on the year though. Uh, Judy is has 10 receptions on 11 targets for 111 yards, but no TDs. And then for the Cowboys, who's going to start at QB? Like DJ said, will Dak come back if he's healthy enough to play in this game? And if not, if Cooper rush starts, is he going to have a game like he did against the Vikings? You know, we don't know. But against the Vikings, Cooper Rush had 325 yards, 24 of 40, two TDs, and one INT. Um, nine, nine points when I don't know if Dak's going to play is just not something I, I'm into. I don't want to wake up one morning and think, I gave the Cowboys nine points with Cooper Rush back at QB. I can't, I can't do that to myself. I'm taking Broncos plus the points. Yeah, I this I suck at handicapping the NFL. I I feel like I'm always terrible. I feel like the obvious thing to do here is to take the Broncos plus seven or plus nine. But my betting strategy in the NFL that's been the first time I've ever been profitable is doing the opposite of what makes sense. Uh, I've done it a bunch of times and it's worked out like betting against the Chiefs last night. It just yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, betting against what makes sense has worked in the NFL. So I'm going Cowboys minus nine and a half here. Um, I, if Dak plays, I'll feel great. If Dak doesn't play, I'm going to be a little nervous. But I, yeah, I don't know, man. It's just, it seems like the obvious thing to do is ride with the healthier team, uh, more consistent. Like you don't know what you're going to get out of Cooper Rush if he plays. And you don't know if Dak's playing. I mean, there's just so many question marks. So I'm riding with the questionable team though, because like I said, I fade logic and it works somehow because the NFL is weird. So yeah. <laughs> All right, and Mr. Paulson? Yep, all right. Now we're getting a little more into my wheelhouse, like you said, Kyle, with the NFL. And I got plenty of things for this game. 
I'm going to start out with number one. The Broncos stink. The Broncos are a bad football team. They're four wins on the year. You said they're four and four, right? Yep. They started the year playing the Jags, the Jets, the Texans. And then I think the Giants. Gosh, maybe it wasn't the Texans. It was like the – it's like the three the, – the first three weeks of the season, the teams they had beat were the 0-9 combined teams. Like they were legit the three worst teams in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And then they played four good teams in a row and got murdered. And it just goes to show that they're not a good team. But with that being said, I was unfortunately on Vikings money line and Cooper Rush ripped my heart out the other night. And I have no respect for him, and I have no respect <laughs> for the Cowboys, and I will not bet on the Cowboys. So I'm gonna have to go three units on Broncos nine and a half if I can have the hook, and then I'm gonna have to go two units on the under. I think the Broncos just muck that game up, and I think it's nasty and it stays under. So that's gonna have to be my five units on that one. All right. I like that underplay. Broncos D is kind of – I mean, the only thing that scares me is Vaughn Miller's not playing, but I still the Broncos defense has been pretty salty all year. Their offense has just been atrocious. Vaughn Miller hasn't been, like, unbelievably good, though, for the Broncos this year. But still, nonetheless, he's still a force to be reckoned with, mind you. But, like, he probably doesn't have the stats because he's being double teamed all the time. Vaughn Miller's a primetime guy. He doesn't show up in irrelevant games against the Jags and the – the Giants, like he doesn't show up in those games. He shows up in big time games. That's I, that's like historically he actually has done that. I'm not just spitballing here. Yeah, uh, wait for that first Rams game that's on prime time. Oh <laughs> my! Him and Donald on opposite sides. <laughs> you wait for that one. You take the under in that game. <laughs> Two words. Good luck to the other yeah. team. Wow. Well, we'll talk about that team here in just a moment. But first, let's go to a. Uh... An AFC North battle between the Browns four and four and the Bengals five and three at noon on CBS line right now. Bengals minus three and an over under of 47 uh, DJ. What do we got for trends for this game? The Browns also four and four straight up four and four against the spread and four and four at hitting the over in road games. They're one and two straight up two and one against the spread and two and one at hitting the over. Uh, and then Cincinnati has been a surprise team this year. Five and three straight up, four and four against the spread, and three and five at hitting the over. Uh, home games are two and one straight up, one and two against the spread, and one and two at hitting the over. Uh, and then historically speaking, obviously these two teams will match up a lot. Uh, so in the last three seasons, games played at Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati is two and zero oh against the spread, one and one straight up, and two of two games have gone over. Any uh, right. players or guys on your fantasy team that you are rooting for in this game, Kyle? Uh, not really rooting for, but looking. As far as the Browns, I'm looking at basically their entire backfield because Baker Mayfield just has not been making plays for them all year long. They've been relying on uh, Chubb, Kareem Hunt, and uh, that Johnson cat to get them the touchdowns they need. So it'll be interesting to see how they, rot- how they rotate or if they keep Chubb in a good chunk of the game. But just on the year – uh, Nick Chubb has 584 yards and four TDs. Uh, Kareem Hunt has 361 yards and five TDs. And then that third string running back, that Johnson, has 179 yards and two TDs. 
And then for the Bengals, I'm looking at Jamar Chase. He's been a big deep ball threat. He's averaging 20.7 yards per reception. He's been Joe Burrow's biggest target, but he needs to help be more available for Joe Burrow because Joe Burrow's struggling this year so far. And, and he just needs to get open and help Joe Burrow get his confidence back. On the year, though, Jamar Chase, 38 receptions on 60 targets, 786 yards, and seven TDs. Um, I, I, said it, I said it before, and I'm just going to be honest. Joe Burrow has nine INTs on the year. That's, not, that's not good. I'm, I'm, that's not good. But, I mean, like, everyone can say, like, how good he was in college. But, I mean, if I had Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in my backfield and Justin Jefferson and um, Jamar Chase at wide receiver and Thaddeus Moss at tight end, I mean, I could be a QB, too. But okay, let's I believe, not go that I, believe I believe in Kyle. I know you could. Let's let's not go that far. I'm slower than um you are faster than Roethlisberger, and you know it. Oh yeah. As a guy who's watched what eight weeks of those <laughs> games, I can confirm. But not nonetheless, I'm uh I'm not sold on the Bengals. I'm taking Broncos money or Brown's money line. Yeah. Yep. If, if I mean, if you parlayed uh, Najee Harris with Jamar Chase and then snuck in Debo Samuel in a fantasy draft, you are looking like a genius. And that's me in one of my leagues. I look like a genius. Um, I pose. I've done it my whole life. You got to pose. It's all about posing. Pretend you're better than you are. It, it, it works. Anyway, uh, nonetheless, uh, yeah, this game's tough for me to handicap, honestly, because I, I want to say the obvious move is to take the Browns. So I want to go Bengals, but realistically, I think the obvious move is to bet the over of 47. That seems low to me, even though the Browns defense is decent. I think the Bengals will put up points. Uh, so I'm going under 47 here. I think that is the move, but I don't know. This game was tough. This was probably the tough, toughest one for me personally. All right. And Mr. Paulson, what do we got? All right. So as a Steelers fan, obviously watch these teams play quite a bit throughout the years and, um, I think the Bengals, after losing to the Jets last week, that's that's a tough look. Obviously, a letdown spot after just beating the Ravens in Baltimore. But, man, to lose to Mike White and the Jets is can't be good for the confidence level in the locker room. Um, and with that being said, the Browns obviously don't look great. Baker's shoulder isn't 100%. Backfield isn't 100%. Um, where's this game at, did you say, in Cincinnati? Yep. Yep. Gosh, I feel like the obvious play here would be play the Bengals at home, but just based on how bad the Browns have looked and you know the Bengals are better than losing to the Jets, but, God, it almost kind of feels like this is where the Bengals start to come back down, come back down to earth, and they're the Bengals that we've all known and maybe drop a couple games. And I think the Browns is kind of back against the wall. If you're going to even have a chance at the division, this is this is your week right here. you got to win, so – um, I'm going to take my five units and I am going to play Browns. If you give me the hook at Browns three and a half, I am going to take five units on the Browns plus three and a half. I think worst case scenario, that game comes down to a, somebody's kicking a field goal at the end. Yep. That's, that's fair. It's a must win game for the Browns. Honestly, like it hundred percent has to be, you can't go four and five. Like you just screw nope. it at that point. Especially after losing to the Steelers in division and then another divisional loss right there in that tough of the division too, with the Ravens oh, and yeah. Steelers. I mean, Steelers, I'm a Steelers fan and I'm not sitting here telling you that we're going to the Super Bowl, but I mean, could we sneak into the playoffs? Maybe, 
but I don't know. The Browns are still a good team. They made the playoffs last year, so they could go on a little run here. And I think the Bengals maybe don't have that experience yet. And I think that's where it's going to hurt them. Yep. Fair point. Yeah. Uh, losing to the Jets is like hitting on someone who's like a two, you know, like two out of 10. And they just like shut you down. And they're, they don't have a boyfriend or anything. They just like shut you down. Like, nah, I'm good. I'm just like, like that is what losing to the Jets is, is not even being able to get a phone number of a two. If you guys want an analogy, there's one for you. Just humbles you out really quick. <laughs> it does. <laughs> oh, my God. Am I at one now? Yeah. How did I drop? Got to reevaluate. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Sorry, um, Kyle. <laughs> nope. Nope. We're good. So, uh, last game on the slate, we got the Sunday night game between the Titans, 6-2, and two, and the Rams, 7-1. and one. Line right now, Rams minus seven and a half and an over under a 54. DJ, what do we got for trends for this game? A lot of people are saying super surprising that the Titans are six and two. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that's what a lot of people are saying. I'm saying it. (laughs) Nonetheless, six and two straight up, six and two against the spread and five and three. (laughs) The over. Um Three and one in road games, three and one against the spread in road games, and four and oh at hitting the over. Uh, on the flip side, oh, scrolled right by it. The Rams, seven and one straight up, four and four against the spread, and five and two at hitting the over. Uh, three and one in home games, two and two against the spread in home games, and three and one at hitting the over. Kyle, I know you have a little bias here. So, bias aside, what players are you watching in this game? Um, you know, it's not really a big bias. It's, these two players are probably the players that everybody's going to be watching for the Titans. We ju- uh, they just signed Adrian Peterson after Henry's out for the uh, the year. Uh, Peterson's definitely older and past his prime, so he's definitely not a permanent stay. But it'll be interesting to see what his workload is like because Henry had a very very heavy workload. Um, but last year Adrian Peterson had 604 yards and seven TDs. He had 12 receptions for 101 yards as well. And then for the for the Rams, I'm looking at Von Miller. I never, and I mean it never, thought I would say that either Von Miller or Aaron Donald was going to be single teamed. I never thought I'd say it, but you have to do it. You have to single co- cover one of them. So it'll just be interesting to see how he does with that with that defense and how he uh, plays with other superstars and Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. Just on the year, though, uh, Von Miller has 19 tackles. 10 solo tackles and four and a half sacks. So DJ, we've done 36 episodes and I'm telling you right now, the play I'm going to give is the lock of locks. Wow. Out of every single episode, this play I'm going to tell you right now, I guarantee G word. I'm going to use the G word. Oh, don't do it. He hits because here's why Titans defense sucks. They are brutal. So the play that I'm telling you, I guarantee hits. L.A. Rams team total over. Okay, okay, we gonna monitor that. Uh, if we we're given a lock of all locks, guaranteed hit, we're gonna have to monitor that uh, and bring it up on next week's episode. So you guys will get a recap of whether Kyle's a genius or. I don't even know what the other word is without being offensive. So we're going to move on. <laughs> yeah. Fraud. Yeah, a fraud. Yeah, that, that's a good one. 
Um, yeah, this game's going to be interesting. Uh, like you mentioned, one of the, either Aaron Donald or Von Miller will be single teamed. Uh, I think there'll be a chip involved. Like, I think if you're passing it, the running back's going to have to chip uh, whoever's single teamed. Otherwise, you're going to be screwed. Uh, yeah, I feel like the obvious, easiest line to take is the Rams minus the points. Like, it's so obvious. Oh, the Titans just lost Derrick Henry. Oh, they're screwed. Oh, they're done. So, you know what you do in that circumstance? You bet the op- opposite of the obvious I'm going Titans in the points uh, they're going to cover. It might be brutal. It might be ugly, uh, but the Titans will cover. I don't know how, uh, but like I said, whenever something's so obvious that any moron would bet it, you bet the opposite and it hits at a profitable clip. That's all I'm going to say. Yep. Would have to agree there. Would have to agree. Um, my pick, I was already positive going into this. I'm sure you guys saw on camera here, but I already know what the play is, but, uh, Kyle's guarantee makes me feel a lot better too about where I'm thinking. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what was the over under at? You said 54? 54, yep. 54. Give me the hook. 54 and a half. I'm going under for five units. We just talked about it earlier. This is the, I know it's only going to be what his first game with them, but prime time, like you said, Aaron Donald is going to be on one side, and then with him on the other side, I just don't know how that defense of the Rams doesn't hold this game under. And I think, like you kind of said, DJ, I think that everybody's expecting the Rams. So I think the Titans do have a good defensive game and keep it close, and I think this game ends up flying under. And I almost hate to say it, but I just hope that the Rams team total isn't anywhere over like 28 and a half because I don't know, man. (laughs) It's not hidden. It's not hidden. I think the Titans could maybe make this a nasty game. I mean, they gave up 30 points to the Colts. They lost. They, you, you know that bad team you were talking about that, like, lost to the Jets? That's the Titans. Yeah, yeah that's true. But, hey, they beat, they beat uh, the Colts last week after I told myself I'd never bet Carson Wentz again, and obviously I did last week. Oh, what they do, he rips no. out my heart. Oh. Two of the <laughs> interceptions I've ever seen in my life. And I am back on the train of I will never bet on Carson once again. That's fair. That's a good train to be on. The only thing I didn't like, Kyle, is you said that Adrian Peterson wasn't prime. And that man is always prime. Uh, he tweeted the other day that he's still in prime shape. It was a video of, like, all of his highlights. And he said, I think I could do that again. And would AP lie on Twitter? I mean, no one lies on Twitter. That's the one place no one lies. You got to trust AP. He's prime. Never. And they're just going to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. You won't even know Derrick Henry was gone. Uh oh. Oh, he's back. I thought I lost you, but you guys lost me. Yeah, we did. I was actually kind of piggybacking off of that. I'm kind of the complete opposite mindset. And I think Adrian Peterson needs to be used as a human dummy to block everybody else and contribute absolutely zero to the offense. Because I think yanking AP off the couch is one of the worst ideas. And I might eat my words, but, man, I just – to go from Derrick Henry to AP at 40 years old, I don't know. He's 36. Yeah. Get it right. We're going to round up in the NFL. Don't call that 40. Give him the hook. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But, oh, man, I just think – I think it ends up being a nasty game. I think it goes under, and who knows? Maybe the – Maybe it's Titans money line again, but I don't know. I think they've used a lot of their their big 
Moneyline Dog is already up this year, beating the Chiefs. And who else they upset earlier? Uh, beat the – oh, no, they lost to the Ravens. Ravens and Jets are their only loss, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they lost to the Cards and the Jets is what – Oh, I'm the Cards, yeah. They beat the Ravens then. They beat Buffalo. That's who it was. Buffalo, oh, too. Yeah. Right. That, yep. that is a prime, uh, prime example of going against the opposite. Yeah, I think it was Monday night. But, yeah, it was Buffalo minus six. You're like, oh, Buffalo will win by a touchdown. The Titans, like, come on, this is easy. No. Every time. Money line. We could use it. Has games against the Bills, though. Yeah. Every tough. every year he has just a massive game against the Bills. Tough blow for Derrick Henry fantasy teams out there. Yep. <laughs> Go from first to last real quick. Yep. Hope you drafted running backs. Yeah, my team's a dumpster fire. I'm like two and six. And I think it's like the first year in our league we put in the closet. If you get last, you have to sit in the IHOP for 24 hours. So you just can't make it up. I'm gonna have to eat like 16 pancakes and just be uncomfortable for eight hours just to get the hell out of there. Right. Well, that's that's a good that's a good punishment though. That is <laughs> that's funny. That yeah, in hindsight, it was hilarious when the season hadn't started and my team didn't <laughs> suck. <laughs> oh man. Oh, shit. Hey, I tell I tell you what though, man. It was great, it was great having you on. Uh Quick, real quick, uh, your Twitter handle for the people at home, give you a follow. That's right. It's T Paulson, the number one, and then spell three. That was just what I thought was cool back in middle. And I, yeah, middle school probably is when I had that one. So, yep, give me a follow out there. Is it not cool anymore then? I don't know. I guess that could be <laughs> a debate. You tell me, and then I'll decide whether it's cool or not. There we yeah. Go. Yeah, but hey, I tell you what, great, ha- great having you on. I'm glad I was able to get you on, and hopefully we can get you that Elite Eight. Hey, that works. I appreciate you guys having me, and hopefully we'll be talking here in a couple weeks again because, I don't know, I like these picks a lot. Let's hope. All right, sounds good. Uh, DJ, you want to wrap up the show here for us? Yeah, as always, we have our daily lock articles on the CodaSportsCappers.com. I mean, we got dudes posting soccer, dudes posting NFL, uh, college football, college basketball is about to start. I mean – uh, the boys are posting. I'm not really posting that much, but I'm busy at work. Uh, that's going to be my excuse right now. But I do post research articles on like betting strategies. I have an NFL underdog one coming out here pretty soon. Did a shitload of research on actually got published in the Northern Iowa paper her economics paper. So shout out self plug. Uh, nonetheless, <laughs> follow our uh, Twitter account uh, at feud gambling for me and Kyle's daily picks. Uh, and then our next podcast will drop. Uh, we'll have our second wild card, uh, hopefully trying to top Paulson uh, and trying to, you know, edge him out now. Uh, and then all the podcasts on the network, we have so many. We have the OG Mount Lockmore podcast with Pace, uh, maybe B-Ross, maybe Pumba Cakes. That that's, situation's a little shaky right now because we don't know the future of B-Ross. Uh, as always, I have my high and inside podcast with my buddies, JT and Alex, where we just BS and shoot the shit. Uh, and then we got the, the Gabacho Baracho podcast with Corey Adair, Don Thomas Miller, and Dan Angel. Um, that's about soccer and stuff, if that makes sense, all about soccer. Uh, and then we have the College Football Central show on YouTube with myself, Kyle, uh, Pace, Soup, Dan, and then Corey Adair. And then the Throwing Bows podcast. I've gotten to hang out with Josh Dillon a lot, or not hang out, I guess, Zoom hangout. Uh, but no, he's a really cool guy. 
I've uh, been snapping him a decent amount. He's actually a really cool guy. He's actually going to the next UFC uh, fight card, which is an insane card. I think it's 267. He's going to be there. So you got to check out his podcast just for his uh, boots on the ground recap. Uh, and then all of our social medias at the Coda Sports Cappers Network. We got Coda Capper Pace at BRUS35, at Pumba Cakes, at Campbell D. Josh, at Dan Angel, uh, Angle 11. I never know. Is it Angel or Angle? I need angel. To, it's angel. Okay. Well, anytime I said angle, pretend I said angel, uh, at cheapy Buttinger at Vaughn Vaughn flu choke whew, at DJ Corf C O R F O seven. And then at Don Thomas Miller. And then as always our specific Twitters at DJ low 44, 22 and Kyle wrap it up. And as always for 36 episodes in a row, my social media since high school at comb dog, so thank you for listening. Tune in next week as we have our second wild card coming in to try and be in the Elite Eight. See you later. Deuces. Peace.